Edge. A three. Good! You can't be serious with that shot. Thomas, shake, crossover, step back. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Just College Hoops Show. I'm Brian McLaughlin, joined by Tim Leonard. Tim, it's great to have a bracket in front of us. We've got one printed off right now. And we're here on the Just College Hoops Show, and we're filling out a bracket today. We're, we're just about ready to get into the entire tournament. The, the first four is starting the next couple of days in Dayton. First off, how are you? How excited are you to have a bracket in front of you and uh, to be able to fill one out here today? I mean, there's there's no better time in the entire sports year, in the entire year period. So I'm doing great, battling through a little bit of a, a head cold right now, but it's just in time to for March Madness anyway. So I'm going to get right through it. It's a good time to be sick if there is ever a good time to be sick because I can just sit back and watch these games and sort of rest up by watching what Utah State does in the first round or whatever. And, and some of these late night games hopefully will be intriguing all throughout Thursday and Friday. So I'm pumped up. I love how you have the printed bracket in front of you going I old do. school, pen to paper. That, that's the way to do it. If, if you're still only relying on computers, you're just not doing it right at this point. And I think it just makes it much more it feels real when you've got the bracket in front of you. It, it makes it feel like it felt when I was like, I think back to when I was seven and we didn't fill out brackets on the computer. Like I remember bringing in a bracket to, to hand to an actual bracket pool when I was in elementary school. I, I just, I, it makes me reminisce a little bit back to the good old days of when <laughs> I was young and um, when I was still confident in myself and in my bracket picking abilities. Cause Tim right now, I mean, I filled out one bracket. I've crossed off many teams, many names, and I'm looking at the rough draft I've got in front of me right now, and I am just disgusted. I mean, it, it, there's no way I'm right. There's zero chance. I have zero confidence in myself. Um, so I'm excited to to kind of have this therapy session with you. And hopefully everybody can laugh at me, uh, all you great listeners who are tuning into this right now. First off, we appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you joining uh, joining the show as we try to talk our way through the college basketball tournament and please don't make fun of me too hard for my picks and for everything <laughs> that I'm about to say and get wrong, because I've got some, I'm sure bold picks that many people are going to come at me about, but I've also got some chalky picks that if I'm wrong about those people will come at me for, that's just the beauty of this time of year. Right. I mean, I'm going to be wrong and I, I, I need to embrace that. I'm going to be terribly wrong this season. I just need to let that go. And you're going to be in the majority if you're incredibly wrong. So there, yes, there's nothing to really worry about. I, I think I'm fairly confident in my picks, but also I went through and it took me like two hours to fill out the bracket because I sat there and looked at every matchup and overthought it completely. So who knows? As of right now, I think I have a final bracket. Maybe as we get to talking here, you're going to talk me off the ledge of a couple bold picks or maybe steer me in another direction. But I think this is going to be fascinating because We've kind of agreed mostly on our overarching thoughts, but who knows once you start putting the bracket down, if if we're really going to be that aligned. And I'm excited because like you said, you and I have some similar thoughts on certain teams, but I think you and I also approach this 
in a similar way of trying to find some picks and some teams that other people don't have, right? Because you want to have something that's a little bit different. And so I think you and I both are going to have some picks in there that are similar, but also some that we both disagree with the other person. And I'm excited for those. My first question for you here, before we really dive into this, do you go region by region all the way through or do Absolutely. you go round by round? So you go a full region at a time. Oh, oh, sorry. No, I see what you're saying now. I thought like, you meant like, I, I guess I kind of do both, honestly. I, I think I think I mostly do round by round, but yeah. then once I get to like, you know, elite eight stage, I'm probably just pushing that team forward to the final four or it's kind of a mixture, honestly. I, I don't know if there's a, a right way that I stand by or not. The round by round is probably the best way to do it because I feel like you're kind of going at it you know, one by one. And it's just a little easier to follow in my opinion, but mm -hmm. I can also see the region by region because sometimes I look at a region and I have a thought process in my head about yes. the region. You kind of find a rhythm, right? You get in a rhythm yeah, of like, right. Ooh, I like that team. I'm going to write them in again. And you kind of get in that rhythm of it. I think for today's show, let's go round by round, try to start with uh, the top left region. As you look at the bracket in the South. Um, and I think we just start with the first round matchups. Some will be a bit more obvious picks than others, especially early on. If there's anything that you really want to dive in on, I think we can stop. We can talk about that matchup, especially some of the early ones. And then as we get later, our matchups will be very different by the time we're getting to the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. We can kind of break down our thought process once we get there. Right. But if you're ready, let's dive right into the South. Absolutely. Let's jump into it. Starting right at the top, I mean, 116. I would imagine we're both going Alabama here, the number one overall seed yep. playing in Birmingham. That one's pretty simple. I can I can pen that one in right now. Alabama, easy pick. Then the eight nine though, it's an interesting one right off the bat. I'll tell you, I like West Virginia. This is I a little too. bit of the Big Twelve bias, so I'm putting WVU against Alabama in that kind of first eight nine matchup. I like WVU over Maryland. Maryland is kind of scuffled down the stretch. I like the toughness of West Virginia here. Yeah, and this is kind of contrary to what I should be thinking because I had West Virginia as one of my overrated teams when we did the you podcast did. last week. But I like the matchup, and I think Bob Huggins probably gets this win here. I, I think his track record in March has been solid overall. And I don't know. I, I just Sometimes with these 8-9 games, I just kind of tend to pick the 9 because I feel like everyone's sort of just picking the 8, and that's maybe where you could pick up a little bit of you know, slack against the other competitors in your bracket pool. I think more than any other matchup, I go by gut on the eight, nine more than anything. I, yeah. I tend to look, these two teams are really even. Their resumes are very similar. Could I dive deep into what, what's Maryland's going to do against the West Virginia press? I could, but I, I just, I like the Mountaineers in this matchup. Generally, I lean big 12 over big 10 there, um, which then brings us to a couple of the, the, Maybe bigger upset chances yeah. in this region for sure. 5-12, San Diego State at 5-12 in Charleston. Charleston, 31 wins on the season. San Diego State, um, Big West Power or Mountain West Powerhouse. And Virginia Furman is another one that I think is going to be a popular upset pick. I These, these are ones that I, I put question marks next to. As I fill out my initial copy of a bracket, I'm like, all right, going to need to go back and revisit these right here. Yeah, so San Diego State, I, I dove into the numbers on the matchup a little bit more. 
They've got a really solid defense, but specifically they have a very good three-point defense on the season. Now that's a stat that can often be misleading and it depends on the competition and kind of just luck of the draw of how the opposing team is shooting against you. But now that Charleston is a great three-point shooting team, but they certainly shoot a lot of threes. And, you know, when you think about how did a mid-major team upset a five-seed or a four-seed, you sometimes think, oh, they started raining threes and it was Mm -hmm. awesome to watch. And I think given that, and the fact that we've talked about this, Charleston is probably going to be a, a pretty favorable upset pick, a pretty consensus upset pick. I don't love picking San Diego State here, but I feel like if you can get a five seed that is not going to be picked that much against a team that is going to be shooting a lot of threes and San Diego State has a good three-point defense, I'm kind of leaning the Aztecs right now. I'm with you. I think San Diego State, they're not quite as good as they were last year defensively. But remember, this is a team that lost in overtime in the first round of the tournament last season. It is a group that brought back a lot of that talent. Um, Brian Dutcher has done a fantastic job as their head coach. And I get a lot of the Charleston buzz because they do have 30 wins. But you look at their schedule and the wins really have not been against anybody all that substantial. Actually, their best win is against 14 seed on the other side of the bracket, Kent State. And so I just have a hard time believing that your best win of the year is going to come in the tournament. Give me the Aztecs in this round one matchup against Charleston. That brings us to Virginia Furman, where I've talked about how much I like the Paladins. And right now, Tim, I'm leaning. We talked last time about how the numbers don't always love those 13 seeds, but it's a four seed in Virginia that I just think are banged up. They struggle to put the ball in the hoop at times. And Furman are a balanced group on offense. They can score it in a variety of ways. I'm leaning Furman right now. I, wow. I kind of am already putting a 13 seed over a four. I know that might be blasphemous, but that's just the way I'm leaning off the bat. And I've kind of felt that way since the moment I saw the bracket come out, which makes me almost a little bit even more confident that I haven't talked myself back into Virginia at all. So this is our first big disagreement because you're going to be baffled by this. But right now, as it stands in my current bracket, I've got Virginia in my elite eight. It wouldn't surprise me. You know, I I don't know really why, other than the fact that I always try and sort of find a team that's undervalued. Yeah. And they just sort of fit the bill to me. I feel like no one's talking about them. I'm obviously an ACC homer. It's been well-documented. I think the ACC has proven that teams go on runs in March that we're not really expecting. Maybe that's contributing to it a little bit. And then it's just, you know, it's Tony Bennett. Like Mm -hmm. I get the Vanderplas injury, but they've got Kia Clark running the show. And I, I went through their Ken Palm and I think the narrative of them playing really poorly of late is maybe a touch overblown. I know they looked bad in the Duke game, but everyone has looked bad against Duke lately. They looked very good in the first two games of the ACC Just tournament. Playing without Vanderplas. Yeah. I mean, they they beat UNC in a game that UNC had to have. They beat Clemson pretty soundly. So I don't know if they're playing quite as bad as the national perception of them. And I just don't think anyone's going to have it. And at the end of the day, they're still a four seed and it's still Tony Bennett. So that's my take. And I could be totally wrong. That's just... That's kind of how I go about the bracket. I'm trying to identify what's a team that no one is looking at that maybe, you know, I could see making a run there. And then when it happens, it's not that surprising when you sit back and look at it after it happened. I've definitely got a couple of those in my bracket as well that we'll get to. Virginia has been tough for me all season. And maybe it's, I don't want to call it ACC hate, but 
I don't have, I, I've got a couple ACC teams moving farther than maybe expected, but I don't have the ACC having a dominant tournament. And this is a tough start for them as I am going to pick Furman there as, as my first big upset. Um, if, if Virginia does beat Furman, I do like them to beat San Diego state in that second round. I think if they can get over that first round hump, beat San Diego state, and then you're looking at probably the number one overall team, Alabama, once they were to reach the sweet 16, if that's how it goes, then there's another ACC team next up yep. in the bracket. What a tough draw for NC state though. Cause they were an ACC team that I'm really high on. But they're meeting, to me, clearly the best six seed in this tournament in Creighton. One of the maybe most 10 talented teams in the country. This is just a tough draw for the Wolfpack. It is. I, I probably was thinking I'd have a better shot at picking NC State to win the first round game because I've actually liked their guard play. And I think yeah. they have probably an underrated team, if anything. But I'm with you here. I think we have to advance Creighton in this matchup just because Creighton is not real i mean they're probably a top 10 team in the country honestly maybe top 15 they i think of them like texas a&m or some other teams that we'll talk about where they're clearly over the last month or so playing much better than a six seed they do terrify me a little bit in the sense that when those threes aren't falling yeah they are beatable even and, as and that's as why they've been tripped up in march in the past i think a little bit too but i would say Kalkbrenner gives them kind of a different layer that they haven't had in past years and this is a much better defensive creighton team than the typical greg mcdermott creighton teams and you know they're really balanced i like teams when i look at the ken palm offensive and defensive efficiency that are inside the top 30 in both of those categories and Creighton's one of them right now. So you got to give them credit in terms of maybe being a long-term sleeper type of candidate when you factor that in, I think. Because right now they're looking at 15th best defense, 28th best offense. There's not many teams that can say you're inside the top 30 in Bolt, and they're one of them. They're an underrated defensive team. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to remember what Baylor Shireman did last March when he was when he was a jackrabbit of South Dakota State. Yeah. I mean, he was one of the darlings last year. And so maybe he can rekindle some of that magic. I think Creighton can win this game, even if they don't play their best, which is why I'm generally okay picking them. But they did just lose by 22 to Xavier, who are a team that I've gone back and forth on as well. I, I, I'm pretty comfortable here picking Creighton, but if NC State were to win this game, it would not surprise me if they were one of those double-digit seeds that could go on a run because of that guard play. Just a tough first-round draw for them. And that then brings us to Baylor and UC Santa Barbara. I I'm starting to see people be out on Baylor, which yeah. should I be in on Baylor then, Tim? Should I flip-flop and be, give me the guard play, give me the offense, give me a team that makes, they just make the most shots of just about any team out there. I like them in this first round, although they are becoming kind of a trendy pick to be upset by a UC Santa Barbara team that are a high quality 14. I just have a hard time seeing Scott Drew get upset in round one. Yeah. So it's kind of the same conversation as Virginia. Maybe you could say that I was making the case. Okay. If they're undervalued, it's still Tony Bennett. I, no one's going to be picking them. Maybe you could talk yourself into Baylor going on a run here. They don't have the defense that they've had recently. They were tripped up in the last NCAA tournament as a one seed to UNC, which made it all the way to the final four. But before that, of course, I believe it was two years ago, they won the national title. All the years are starting to run together for me, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm right about that when they beat Gonzaga. So, I mean, we know Drew has, has proven it in March. They're probably being slept on. They come from arguably the best conference in college basketball. So they played a lot of 
tight competition recently. I can't get all the way there with them because of the defensive flaws this year, and it's not the true identity of the recent Baylor teams, but I, I think I'm going to have them in the Sweet 16, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty confident to put them past UC Santa Barbara here. Yeah, that, that's going to be a fun one to discuss because we've got both Creighton and Baylor. You and I both have yeah. that meeting in the second round. We'll come back to that one. Missouri-Utah State. Utah State's a team that I like as a 10. I think they're going to run into Arizona in round two, which is a tough draw for them. But UT St- uh, Utah State, Ryan Odom, a coach that I got to see firsthand when he was at, of course, UMBC. Mm-hmm. Everyone remembers what they did. and So that's some obvious real tournament success for a head coach and Missouri, a team that are in the sec that frankly, I have probably not watched enough of this year, which makes me less high on them than maybe I should be, but they are also 51st in Ken Palm. And they're a team that while they've played better recently, they'd won five games in a row before losing to Alabama. They're not a very good defensive rebounding team, which is just a, a, a trait that I think good teams have. Um, and the strength of schedule is fine. They played Kansas in the non-conference, but I kind of like Utah State mainly because I, I like the Mountain West and I've loved watching them this season. I think Ryan Odom is a really good coach. I'll take a 10 seed here over Missouri. Give me Utah State in this first round. I'm glad you brought up the Ken Palm stuff because Utah State is 18th in Ken yeah. Palm as a 10 yeah. seed. Missouri is 51st. So that's just doesn't line up in your head that Missouri is the seven, Utah State is the 10. If you care about the predictive metrics and that type of stuff, everything is telling you Utah State. I mean, Kempom has Utah State as a four-point favorite as a 10 seed, which is pretty rare to see. It's a big year for the Mountain West, right? Like you said, it. I, I like the Mountain West. I think it's one of the most fun conferences to watch every year in that conference tournament. They didn't Always win a single game last year when it got to the NCAA tournament. We go back to that San Diego State 5 matchup. Brian Dutcher has not won a game at San Diego State in the NCAA tournament. Now, that comes with a little bit of a caveat because they were supposed to be a two-seed one year when COVID happened, and they couldn't get to the NCAA tournament. But they've been tripped up as a 7, as an 8, as a 6. They lost a game as an 11. So I think he's 0-4 in this kind of new era of San Diego State as the head coach. That's going back to that last matchup. But it all factors in that if you're going to be picking these Mountain West teams, then you're relying on them kind of bucking the recent trend of not playing great in March. And and I say say that, and I think I'm still going to pick Utah State because of the big disparity there in Ken Palm. Yeah, we, we say that last. Well, to me, the Mountain West last year, it almost got overhyped because it was so, 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 so fun and so good. I was one of the people included who were waving the Mountain West flag, like this conference rules. I loved them last season. Now this year, because they were so bad last year in March, it's almost flown under the radar how competitive the conference has been again this year. And look, we're in the South where we've already got, I picked two Mountain West teams to win their first round matchup. Um, So maybe, maybe that will go the opposite direction this year where they do have a little bit more tournament success. I think San Diego State are a really good team, and I'll take Utah State at least for one round. But then they're going to run into an Arizona team that I have on the record as a group I really like. Their their combination of size, three-point shooting, and guard play with Courtney Ramey and Kirk Carissa. Stinks for Princeton, who I think are a really fun team out of, out of the Ivy, and I liked watching them a lot this season. You just run into that much size. If you're a mid-major team, you're always going to struggle against two twin towers down low. 
Yeah, I, I love Arizona, and I'm sure we'll talk about them as it progresses here. But I, I definitely think that they should take care of Princeton there and move on. And then, you know, we'll get into it later, but you get into looking at their side of the bracket, and that's an intriguing little section there where you've got Creighton, Baylor, and Arizona. There's three teams, I think, that you could make a case could make it out of that region. If they were in three separate regions, I might have them as three Elite Eight teams, maybe even a couple of final four teams out of that group of three let's move on to the east um where to me this is the 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 region that i've had the most cross outs the most use of whiteouts <laughs> on my charts i have no clue what to do in this region because everybody's out on purdue everybody they're going to win that round one matchup theoretically zach Eady is not going to lose to fairly dickinson or texas southern but then after that people have purdue losing to memphis People have Purdue losing to Duke. People have all sorts of teams. Michigan State's a popular pick to make it out of this region. Has the Purdue hate gone too far, Tim? Or were we right with what we said on Selection Sunday that they're a team that can't be trusted? Because I I want to be that guy who's with the popular kind of trendy thing to say that Purdue are not a Final Four team. But when nobody has a one seed in the Final Four, that makes me want to say – do you all forget who Zach Eady is? And I've been maybe the biggest Purdue hater out there. I can't figure out what to do. I can't it's, help. Yeah. Me. The toughest decision in this bracket for me right now in really the entire bracket is picking, is it Purdue or Duke that I want to kind of come out of this region. And I've gone back and forth because I think Duke is probably a better team, even though they're the five seed, they're playing better right now. And we talked about how I was in on Duke and now everyone's in on Duke. So I feel mm-hmm. less likely to to stay in on Duke. But I mean, yeah, I hear all the reasons for why you might talk yourself into Purdue this year. The other thing is, I know they've never made a Final Four under Matt Painter. I know they lost to St. Peter's last year. It was so disappointing, all that stuff. This is a very balanced Purdue team. They're 26th in defense. They're seventh in offense. We really haven't seen a team... I mean, I guess you can go back to 2019. I'm looking at their Ken Palm history here where they were fourth in offense, 34th in defense. They made the Elite Eight that year as a three seed. They've been disappointing in March. Recently, they lost as a four seed in 2021 in the first round. They were upset and then again lost to St. Peter's last year. So, you know, it's a narrative every year. Is the Big Ten going to get a national champion? I think, what's it been, Brian? 2001 is the year? Yeah, over 20 years. It's been a Michigan State, I think, was the last one. Yes. Is this the year it happens? I mean, I, I'm not going to scoff at someone that has Purdue winning it all this year as much as I normally would. I'm usually the guy that's down on the Big Ten, down on Purdue, down on Matt Painter. But if you can get a one seed that probably no one is picking in your bracket, kind of like the Kansas situation last year, and maybe it's just the year that when no one's thinking it, this is when the Big Ten proves everyone wrong and this is a more balanced Purdue team than normal. The other thing to bring up, though, is they do have the freshman guards, and that's been talked yeah. about ad nauseum, really, that can you get to a Final Four with a couple of freshman guards in your backcourt? Who knows? We're going to talk about this later in the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight matchups, but I just can't wait for Purdue on a national stage to have people across the country be baffled that Zach Eady is not called for any fouls. He just isn't called for him, and he doesn't really commit them either. You watch him play. He is a very good defender and actually switches on to guards pretty well. That's something that I want to break down with you when we get to the Purdue, potentially Purdue Duke matchup, but first Memphis, Florida Atlantic, because a lot of people have whoever wins this game beating Purdue, even in the second round 
And this is a tough eight, nine to pick. It is. Yeah. I, I'm leaning Memphis. I think they have a couple super senior guards and, and Kendrick Davis being the biggest one. It's kind of hard for me to see them going down in March, given the veteran leadership they have and, they're coming off a win over Houston. I know Houston was without Marcus Sasser, but that's clearly proven that, you know, they just knocked off a one seed for all intents and purposes in the conference tournament final there in the American. They're playing some pretty good basketball right now. This is really a matchup that it's, in my opinion, probably a six seed going against another six seed or, or a right. six against a seven, something like that. So I see why everyone is assuming that whoever wins that game will beat Purdue. It just usually doesn't go that way when everyone's picking it. But as for this matchup, I think I'm leaning Memphis over FAU. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add on Memphis. I think Penny Hardaway has gotten kind of a, a tough draw recently. He's been criticized pretty hard, and he's had a really great year. And this would be FAU's best win of the season. I want to give FAU a lot of credit for, again, a 30-win team who are top 40 in both adjusted offense and defense efficiency. But I think the age of Memphis, the athleticism of Memphis, and they're a hot team. I think that's just too much for FAU. And like you said, these are, if I were ranking all the eight, nine seeds, this would be one and two for me. I just think Memphis is a really good eight. I like them to move on against FAU and maybe challenge Purdue. That brings us to a matchup you and I had a ton of fun with on the selections on the selection show, Duke and Oral Roberts. What a 12-5. There are headlines galore coming in. And I want to pick Oral Roberts, Tim. I got to be honest with you. I I think (laughs) that Duke has been a hot team, but they have become so popular. I'm probably going to have Duke exit earlier than most do this season. And I honestly want to do it in round one. Talk me out of Duke losing their opening rounds to Oral Roberts and John Shire just getting eviscerated for losing his first ever NCAA tournament game as a head coach. Man, that that just sounds like such a lovely storyline. I don't even want to talk to you out of it, knowing my my Duke <laughs> hatred. I, I think we should just, no, but I, I hear you. I mean, it'd be just fascinating if it went down that way because, you know, every year there is one team that people have going to the final four and they get knocked out on the first day. Right. We, we all have had that team happen to us. I think Iowa was a popular one last year and they had won the big 10 title in the conference. They were coming in winners of like seven or eight in a row or something. And, and then they get clipped And Duke is kind of that team this year. Maybe the other team, I think you can make a case for and We'll get to them is UConn. I'm seeing a lot of UConn and a lot of Duke in people's final fours for a four and a five seed. It makes me think one of those teams might lose, right? Because where else is that team that people have going to the final four that's going to lose on day one? Now, the the idea is we never know it's coming and and it always shocks you, but everyone's going to have Duke in their bracket. I tend to think that this first round matchup, they probably beat Oral Roberts pretty soundly. And it's, it's being so hyped up that I kind of feel like Duke might just win it by 20 or 25 points. They're just playing so good right now that it's hard to see them losing, but that's March. I mean, I, I think it could happen, and Oral Roberts has certainly done it before, and they're going to be playing with some confidence. I'm going to take Duke, too. I, I don't want to do it. It, yeah. it brings me pain to say it, but I'm picking Duke in round one. I think Mac, Max A. Smith has the ability to put on a show, but Duke is actually really balanced, which is, and they are actually kind of a deep team, which I'm, I'm going to take Duke. Um I don't have much else to say. There <laughs> you sound thrilled I wish, to be I wish taking I could, I, Yeah, I really <laughs> wish I could 
pull the trigger and take Oral Roberts. Here's this what is... we do. We take Duke and we root for Oral Roberts. Yeah, and it's, it's a win-win win all around. Yeah. It's an emotional hedge. I right. love doing that. Um, so that way, win or lose, generally I get something out of it. So I'll take Duke. Tennessee, they're a four seed that I, I don't trust a lot. But they're a four seed that are loved by the metrics. They are a they top are. four team still, or they top five in Ken Palm right now. Um, Evan Mai has got them way up there. You've got Bartorvik, who's really high on this Tennessee team. I guess I have to take them in round one, but I, I don't have them going any farther than that. I'll take Tennessee, but uh, my trust levels are at rock bottom. Yeah, I just couldn't get there with Louisiana. I I don't know a ton about them, of course. I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend that I've watched every single game they played this year. But I went down their resume, and they've really only played two NCAA tournament teams. They lost at Drake by 12. They lost at Texas by 28 points. If it was another 13 seed, maybe I think I would take them to upset Tennessee. I definitely don't have much confidence in Tennessee going far, given the history of the Vols in the tournament, given the fact that the Ziegler injury just happened and they just don't really score the basketball very well. So I'm probably going to have them losing the next game anyway to Duke, but I'll I'll take them over Louisiana here. I've got whoever wins Duke Oral Roberts beating Tennessee in that second round. I think if Oral Roberts can beat Duke, they're a sweet 16 team, but yeah, have to take Tennessee. I don't have a whole lot else to add. I think they are just too athletic too powerful in round one to lose to that Louisiana team. And frankly, I cannot pick every 413 upset because if I picked Louisiana, I would be in danger of doing that. <laughs> Let's move on. Kentucky Providence, fun coaching matchup here. Coach Cal against Coach Cooley, two name brands, two really rabid fan bases. This is a fun 611. Uh, Kentucky's really hot. Providence have not been playing that well. I've got Kentucky just because they're playing better basketball, but this is going to be one of those games in round one that I've really got my eye on. For sure. I, I think this tournament goes one of two ways for Kentucky. I think they lose this first round game and in the fire coach K coach Cal coach K gosh, the fire coach Cal chancer are, are going. Yeah. Same guy. <laughs> They're going crazy. And everyone wants Cal out of there because let's face it. They haven't won an NCAA tournament game in quite a while. I know COVID was a part of that, but. Remember, they lost as a two seed to St. Peter's in the first round last year. Totally spurned me. That was another one of those where it's like I had them in my final four and first day they're gone. So that's an example of that team that no one saw coming that was out on the first day and a lot of people had in their final four. But I think it either goes they lose in the first round or it is a total redemption tour for Cal and Kind of like that year where they were an eight seed and made it. I'm not going to say they're going to make it all the way to the national title game, but no one's really seeing it. And he's still proven in March before. And maybe they make a run to the elite eight or something like that. I I really think that they could do that. And that's kind of where I'm trending in my bracket right now. I just don't think Providence scares them that much. The Bryce Hopkins storyline is fun, but I don't know. I I don't love this Providence team. So I think I'm going to take Kentucky here. I think Kentucky wins on a buzzer beater. I'll call it right now. I'm going buzzer beater win for Kentucky, but then I'll probably have them lose to a team I really like in Kansas state. Sorry to Montana state. Love the Bobcats. I I had so much fun watching the big sky tournament this year. Shout (laughs) out to my guy, Zach Kaplan, fellow Penn state alum. One of my best friends who covers Montana state Um, and DJ Bauer, another Penn stater who's out in Montana who covers them as well. Um, I've been hearing a lot about the Bobcats, but tough draw with Kansas state. Um, I, I'll, I'll take Kansas state there. I think 
Keontae George is too good. I'm really high on a Kansas State team that um, I have right now kind of making a push in this East region. We'll see how I feel in about 10 minutes. But, uh, yeah, Kansas State, Kentucky is my next kind of that that bracket right there. Two, two teams in pretty good form at the moment. Yeah, I agree. And, and getting into the 7-10 matchup here, you got Michigan State and USC. It's just such a fascinating region because I think you could say the same sort of conversation about Kentucky as you could for Michigan State. It's Tom Izzo in March. He's done it before. I could see them going on a little bit of a run here. They've been a seven seed recently, and, they, and they've won that first-round game. At the end of the day, I think Tom Izzo – you know, as a seven, I'm probably just going to take him in the first round matchup as like a deal breaker. It might be overblown how good he is in March, but it's still a factor in my decision there. So I actually am kind of leaning towards picking either Kentucky or Michigan State, one of those two to go on a run in this region. I'm just sort of torn right now. Feels like one of these blue bloods are going to be at least in the elite eight, either Duke, Kentucky or Michigan State. Yeah. Um I really want to pick USC because they're a team I got to see in person this year out in California. Drew Peterson feels like some type of NBA hybrid point guard shooting guard is like a six foot eight ball handler. He's a really fun, intriguing person to watch and Boogie Ellis can go get a bucket, but yeah, give me Izzo here. I'll take, I'll take a big 10 team in the first round over a PAC 12 team more often than not. Izzo just has had too much recent success. And then that brings us to Marquette and Vermont, Tim, where should, should I, am I, should I pick Vermont? Like, is that I picked Vermont last year. They were a popular upset pick. Marquette's really good. If I pick Marquette, I'm probably going to take Marquette to the final four. I'm just being honest. Like right. if I, if I have my team losing, I want the team that beats them to be that good. I want, I want to be proven right. So on my bracket right now, I have Marquette down. Um, Tyler Kolick is awesome and like yeah. cocky in all the right ways yeah, all the i agree reasons, he's great all the, yeah. all the reasons i love kirk carissa are the reasons i love tyler kolick it's gonna be a fun matchup though man i can't wait just diving in this is gonna be such a great guard play matchup between uvm and marquette two teams just with really old experienced veteran skilled guards i'm curious your thoughts here in a really fun 215 to me maybe that's it's too close to me i'm no, gonna call I, I every right. matchup fun but it's a good one yeah dude I, I can't wait to watch this game and i'll be pulling for your catamounts i think you know maybe you pick marquette to win it all and then that yeah. guarantees that they're going to lose early right so it, it right. you just do the the thing that's bigger than you and and you try and get ahead of it and and sort of reverse jinx them maybe that's one way you go about it I have no answer for what you should do in your personal bracket because you're going to be kicking yourself either way. If if you have and, Vermont winning and they lose, you're going to be like, why did I do that? It was, it was never going to happen after I picked it. And then if you have Marquette winning and they lose, you're going to be like, oh, how did I just witness this upset? And I followed the team all year and they're my team. And I, and I didn't even get anything in my bracket for it. And so. I will get destroyed in that locker room. If I pick yeah. against them, I can already hear Robin Duncan, fifth-year senior captain, just getting after me. If if I were to pick Marquette and UVM gets the upset, but I think you're right. I'm just going to say it now. I, I've got Marquette coming out of the East. They're, okay. they're going to my final four. That's, wow. that's the only way that I can really reconcile this. And again, Shaka Smart, it's kind of been a while since he went on one of these runs, but it feels right for him at Marquette, doesn't it? It feels he like does. it's – Back to that type of team where he could really 
force turnovers. I've seen their defense described as violence, which I think <laughs> actually is kind of a good matchup for Vermont because Vermont takes care of the ball better than just about anybody in the nation. But this is a Marquette team that I think when they play, when they play a Kentucky, when they play a, say a, a Kansas state, even a Duke, a Purdue, a Memphis, I like the way their defense can disrupt teams and get them out of their rhythm. And then they score the ball so well. I, I'm, I like them to go on a run. I, I'm writing them down. I'm going to take Marquette. I'm going to regret it. Shout out Vermont. I love you guys. And, and I'm absolutely, obviously pulling for the cats to pull off the upset. Um, can't wait for this one. Friday at 2.45. Yeah. Can't get here soon enough. One quick stat. Shaka Smart, this is hard to believe. He has not won an NCAA tournament game since 2013 at VCU. He has lost, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, his last six first-round NCAA tournament games. That included uh, upset by Abilene Christian when Texas was a three-seed coming off a Big 12 conference tournament title win a couple years ago. That includes a half-court buzzer beater uh, to Northern Iowa one year. He's just had some bad luck. So you could say he's due. I mean, he's proven he took VCU to a Final Four back in 2011 as an 11 seed. He's proven it to a degree. But a big year for the Shaka Smart legacy, I would say. I think if you're a hater of his and they go down early again, then that's just another thing that the haters can point to. And to kind of give the counterpoint there, Vermont has only won one first round game ever and they've been to the tournament a lot you don't that have to remind round... me what the game was either as a Syracuse alum we can just move past that part Mr. Sorrentine <laughs> yeah. from the parking lot uh, they have won once in the tournament under John Becker it came in a first four matchup in John Becker's first year as head coach but that was a matchup of two 16 teams they have not won in this first round since that game so it's been seven consecutive first round losses for UVM they feel like they're due here in Burlington to get over the hump. It's going to be something's got to give there, right? Marquette and Shaka or John Becker in Vermont. I think it's two really well-coached teams. It's just going to be so much fun to get to be on site for that one and take everybody through what should be a high-intensity matchup. I can't see Marquette pulling away from UVM in this one. I think Vermont yeah, makes enough shots to at least keep it close, which should be just make for a really fun day. Yeah, it'll be a close game, and I, I hope you guys are right in it going into the fourth quarter, and it'll, it'll bring drama. I think because I'm going to be rooting for Vermont so much, by nature, I can't have Marquette going too far in my bracket, but we'll get into it once we get to the next round. All right, that's probably enough Vermont talk for right now. I could, again, you and I could break down that matchup for hours. We can move on to the Midwest, Tim, up to the upper right portion of your bracket as you look at it. Um, Houston, maybe a bit of a surprise that they ended up in the Midwest. Like we talked about them versus Kansas as that second overall seed, um, easy, relatively routine first round matchup, theoretically against six 16th seed in Northern Kentucky. Um, but then it's either Iowa or Auburn for Houston. We're not really sure what Marcus Sasser go is going to look like. He's expected to play. Everyone says he's fine, but if he's not at 100%, that could be interesting. Who do you like them to see either Iowa or Auburn there as that next kind of 8-9? Yeah, I think it's Auburn. I'm, I'm leaning them because of the Birmingham situation. I'm also just not a huge fan of Iowa and McCaffrey and March. Hasn't really proven it a ton. I don't really like this Auburn team, but I just feel like it's just so bizarre that they got this game in Birmingham. And I think coming yeah. out of it, the narrative is going to be why did Auburn get pretty much a home game? And and that's going to be a reason for Iowa fans to be upset, but I, I'm going to sneak them past Iowa in a pretty close one. 
Yeah, if I could pick both these teams to lose, I would. Um, I, I'm going Iowa, even though it's a road game. I kind of like Fran, McCaff Fran McCaffrey with something to prove. I kind of like that he's able to say to his team, we're going on the road and, and have that chip on their shoulder. I think that bodes well for Iowa, even though they're going to be playing in uh, a raucous atmosphere with many more Auburn fans than Iowa fans. I'll take the Hawkeyes again, maybe a bit of Big Ten bias from me early on in this opening round. I, I'm sure I'm going to be burned by that and not all these Big Ten teams that I've been picking will win early, but I'll take Iowa there. That brings us to our next kind of fun upset special portion. Miami and Drake in the 512 and Indiana Kent State in the 413. I think we both are really high on Miami, right? Coming into this tournament, even as a five seed, that guard play. I, I think we both feel pretty generally pretty confident in them. Yeah, I, I'm going to take Miami. I have them going to my Sweet 16. It's kind of the same argument as Virginia. I just think the ACC is pretty undervalued overall. Larry Nega's an underrated coach and has been that way for a while. And, you know, Miami went on a run last year all the way to the Elite Eight. They've, they've gotten it done in March under Larry Nega. He did it at George Mason all the way back at the Final Four run. And a lot of listeners are probably picking up on this, but I do value what that coach has done in March in the history of the program in the tournament. I think that does have some real influence and in how you should be evaluating each of these games. And to me, Miami has done it as a favorite. They've done it as an underdog. I think they will get past Drake in this first round. 100% agree. I love the guard play. Um, and I, I know they just recently lost to a, a bad Florida State team at home. That's, that's not a good loss. But I'll take Miami. Um, like you said, recent tournament success, veteran experienced guards, even in a, a, a interesting matchup against a good Drake team who fully deserved the 12 spot. I'll take Miami to, to take that first round, which then brings me to Indiana Kent State, a, a matchup that I have bounced back and forth on. I told you in our selection show, I was leaning Kent State on my rough draft copy of the bracket here. I've got Indiana moving on. But I can swing either way on this one, Tim. How are you leaning between the Hoosiers and Kent State? Yeah, I'm torn too. I, Indiana is a puzzling team, man. I mean, I know you know this as a Big Ten guy. You watch them. I think it was Iowa, that game that they got blown out recently. I was watching that one. I was like, man, how can I have any faith in this team in March? And then you watch them and they had some of the better wins, you know, knocking off Purdue and stuff like that. Trace Jackson Davis feels like a guy that isn't going to go down with the first round loss and potentially his last NCAA tournament game. He's been such a leader for them and such a great four year career. I believe it is now. I don't know if it's four or five years. It feels like he's been there forever, yeah, but he's a forever guy. Yeah, he is a forever guy. I, I Kent state's a good team. I, I will say Kent state, if they were playing Tennessee, I'd probably take Kent oh, yeah. state. They're one of the better 13 seeds, so factor that into your decision, but I'm going to lean Indiana here probably. With Kent State, to me what stands out is they had a really solid non-conference strength of schedule. Um, now they lost their three toughest non-conference games, um, but they go to the College of Charleston, a tournament team. That's a two-point loss. They played at Houston really tough, a 49-44 to war and that tells wow. you pretty much all you need to know about kent state i do not think they get blown out in this game i well, think they also will play have tight with gonzaga on the road too that they a, did yeah lost so by seven yeah you played great against a, a good defensive team in houston you played well against a good offensive team in gonzaga i generally like their ability to match up with just about anybody the problem is trace jackson davis 
how can I pick against him in this first round? Um, kind of a fun. They don't have an I, answer for him, I don't think. They're an undersized so team. Yeah. yeah. He's just such a matchup nightmare for anyone. But when you're talking about a mid-major team that's already kind of undersized, I just feel like he has a big game. Yep. And so I, I like Indiana round one. Um, I think Mike Woodson and crew get it done behind Trace Jackson Davis. But again, I think Kent State has a shot to win this game down the stretch. If they have a shot to win at the buzzer or it's a one possession game with under 30 seconds to go, do not be shocked. Indiana Miami is going to be a fun second round matchup, but let's move on to Iowa State and then the winner of Mississippi State Pitt. First off, who do you like between Mississippi State and Pitt in this first round? Well, Pitt actually just came out yesterday, Federico Federico, all name team, and also is now injured and appears is probably not going to play in this game, which is a big loss for Pitt. I was leaning Pitt before that. I I still probably feel like with my ACC bias, I have to, to lean towards Pitt a little bit there. Whoever wins that game, I'm going to watch it closely. If I like the way they play, I think I'm going to take them over the six seed Iowa State. I always try and identify... One first four team, I think there's some numbers that back this up that the first four team gets some momentum and and it's tough for Iowa State. They're going to have not much time to game plan against that team. And and I know you can make the same case on the other side, but I think the fact that you get some momentum, you get that win, you're kind of rolling a little bit and then you're just sort of playing with house money after the opening game victory does hold true. And I'm going to take whoever wins that game probably to upset Iowa State. I don't love the Cyclones. Yeah, I, I Iowa State just has moments where they struggle to score it. And yeah, for me, I think Pitt beats Mississippi State. I like Pitt then to go on and beat Iowa State as well. So I'm just going to write that one in right now, I, I guess. Or I'll at least circle Pitt on my bracket and I'll write them by Iowa State. And like you said, I think once Pitt kind of gets one under their belt, that could really help them going forward. We see it every year with one of these first four teams it's been North Carolina in years past who wins that first round game then they get hot I think Jeff Capel's a great coach don't sleep on Pitt against Xavier even in that then second round I think once they kind of get rolling Jamarius Burton and Nellie Cummings is a really fun senior guard pairing um, so I'll take Pitt there Xavier Kennesaw State Kennesaw State's a really physical team so are Xavier that game could be close because of it but I think Xavier is a relatively safe pick here, which makes me think, okay, maybe they're not as safe as I think. But generally, I'm comfortable putting putting a big X in my next portion of this bracket for Xavier. Xavier probably should have been a four seed, but it's been amazing and probably underrated how good of a job Sean Miller has done with Xavier in his first year back at Xavier after that was kind of where he became a famous head coach before leaving for Arizona. He's a great coach. I think they probably take care of this this first round game. Xavier's been playing well. They'd won five in a row before losing to Marquette in the Big East tournament championship. Um, so it's it's a, or in the semifinals. So Xavier's been playing well. Um, yeah, I like Xavier to beat Kennesaw State. Then that brings us to maybe the matchup of the two hottest teams that are at a pretty even level: Texas A&M and my Penn State Nittany Lions. I'm not going to hesitate. I like Penn State to win Penn State to win this game. Wow. Okay. They're old. What like we talked about, according to Ken Palm, they are the oldest team according to Division One experience. They have great guard play. The forwards are a bit suspect, but they shoot the shit out of it, Tim. They make so many threes when they're going. Andrew Funk is a lights out shooter. Seth Lundy's an NBA level player. Give me Penn State, I think routinely against Texas A&M in round one. I'll take the Nittany Lions. 
Um, overconfidence, out the, uh, for sure. Way too confident right now in Penn State. But I like the Nittany Lions in round one. Give me, give me Penn State for the first time in over a decade playing at the tournament. They win round one, I think, maybe by double figures. Wow. I love the confidence coming from a, a Penn State guy. I love to hear it. I don't know why it feels like sort of destiny to me that AM and Texas would meet in the second round and we get sort of a renew of that rivalry that they should be in the same conference. It's kind of ludicrous that they aren't. I think I'm going to go Texas AM and it, it bears repeating. I've said it a lot, but over the last pretty much three months of college basketball on Bart Torvik, they're a top 10 team, according to the predictive metric, barttorvik.com in the entire country. They're playing like a top 10 team. They just had no wins in the non-con they played no one in the non-con and nobody. that really hurt their seed but again kind of like the memphis fau discussion this is a matchup to me of like a four seed going against a six seed or something right. like that I, I really think a&m and penn state are both under seeded kind of a raw deal that they're playing each other and i'm probably going to lean a&m in this one just because they have been playing so good lately that brings us to texas colgate texas the winners of the big 12 tournament Colgate, the dominant team in the Patriot League, stinks for Colgate. This is a tough matchup for them. Texas, long, athletic, although it's understandable to maybe question them a bit with uh, uh, Timmy Allen being banged up right now and not really sure what they're going to get there, if anything. But I still think Texas, even though Colgate can really shoot it and they run some really fun offense and they do have some bigs that are very powerful, I think Texas just going to overwhelm Colgate. And again, a 15-2 matchup that I really am going to be in similar to Marquette, Vermont. I think it's a really fun game, but I think Texas gets this one done and, and is able to survive a maybe a first round scare. I think we will probably have a 15-2 upset this year just because it seems to be happening more and more frequently. And I think there's a lot of good 15 seeds this year when you talk about Princeton, yeah. Vermont, Colgate, and UNC Asheville. I could see any of those teams really keeping it close. I, I hope this is a close game, but I think Texas is just too much. They're so long, so athletic. That's a tough matchup for Colgate. And Colgate's that team, kind of like Vermont, that has been putting up really good tournament performances recently. They still have never won an NCAA tournament game. This is a tall task against a Texas team that just won the Big 12 Conference title. Feels like Matt Langle is going to be getting a new job in the offseason. Yeah, Colgate's well head coaches too. at the top of every – look, and I think Syracuse were a team that had they not brought in Red Autry, Matt Langle would have been a pretty obvious candidate to me from outside of, outside of the family there. We'll see. I think I, I heard Jeff Goodman say Temple's a real possibility yeah, for him. Buzz. That makes sense to me. I, I think if you're Temple, you do everything you can to try and wrap him up. That would be a big, big get for them. Totally agree. Let's move on to the West where – like I talked about, the team that I might have as a tournament favorite right now in Kansas. Um, first round matchup against Howard. I think it's safe to say we're both picking Kansas there, yes. even <laughs> with some some Bill Self. Not totally sure what, what his health situation is. But yeah, Kansas in Des Moines. I like them to win round one. And then a matchup a lot of people are talking about, Arkansas, Illinois. Lots of talent there. Two teams that have at times kind of underperformed this year. Um, and two teams that I think a lot of people believe could scare Kansas in rounds two. Who do you like between the must bus and uh, Illinois and, and a pretty funny coaching matchup and two coaches that are going to yell a lot on the sideline in, in Musselman and Underwood. Absolutely. Uh, Eric Musselman is something. I, the video of him kind of walking off the court after the tough SEC tournament loss was just true Musselman. But I got to give him credit. He is 
a terrific coach in March in the limited time that he has been the head coach at, at Arkansas. He's taken them to the elite eight as a three seed and the elite eight last year as a four seed. Illinois is kind of the reverse. They haven't really lived up to their regular season standards like a lot of other big 10 teams. So I'm probably going to lean with the coach that has proven it in March a little bit more. And Arkansas is a team that has oodles of talent. They're also 20th in Ken Palm. That's a, that's a good ranking for an eight seed and, and Illinois is 33 in Ken Palm. So they're only favored by one point in this game, but I think I'm going to lean Arkansas here. This is a matchup with a lot of pros. I like Arkansas to, to get it done because of Musselman. Um, and then I think a lot of people will have them beating Kansas. I wouldn't go that far. So I like Arkansas. St. Mary's VCU. We discussed it on the selection show pod. Tough matchup for St. Mary's. But Tim, I'm picking the Gales anyway. I think they figure out a way to get it done, even against the press. I think the Australians, like we talked about, uh, from Alex Dukas to um, Aiden Mahaney is a local product from California, but he is a star freshman point guard. I'll take St. Mary's. I think they have become undervalued because of their recent play. So I like the Gales in round one against VCU. Yeah, there was actually recently a St. Mary's VCU matchup in the first round. I'd have to go back and and jog my memory. I want to say it was a 7-10 matchup and St. Mary's won that one with the same exact head coach as Randy Bennett has been at St. Mary's for a while. And he's had a fairly solid resume in March. They were a five seed last year, same type of situation. They did win in the first round game when, when a lot of people were picking them to lose in that first round game. They defeated Indiana. They actually crushed them 82 to 53 last year. And remember, Indiana was one of the last teams in the field as a 12 seed last year. I'm with you. I think we both have been high on St. Mary's and the metrics love St. Mary's. And a lot of a lot of people just aren't going to pick them that much because they're St. Mary's and they're not a brand name. But I think you can get some value there. UConn, Iona. What a coaching matchup, huh? Yeah. Just watch the sidelines for this one. If we could get, you know, the Big East had a couple of those games this year where they had the the cameras just following the coaches who were mic'd up the entire game. I would pay as much money as any pay-per-view ever just to watch Dan Hurley and Rick Pitino go at each other from opposite coaching boxes. I think I'm going to take Rick Pitino here, man. I, I It's just weird because... I, Iona is probably a little overvalued considering they're not normally a 13 seed and, and under Rick Pitino, this program has gotten to new heights. Worth noting, this game isn't Albany, which is a lot closer to Iona. I'm not, UConn's probably going to have just as many or more fans there, but I think UConn just, travels pretty well. Yeah, yeah. The proximity is still going to be a little favorable to Iona. I, I don't know. I'm torn on UConn. I, I talked about it earlier. Them and Duke are being picked to go to the final four so much that I'm probably not going to have either of them in the final four. And that's not really a reflection on them. They they're very good teams, but I just feel like one of them is going to lay an egg and sort of let people down. I think UConn gets it done hard for me to pick against the fourth overall team in Ken Palm in the first yeah. round matchup. They are really well liked by, uh, by a lot of those metrics. I'm not one of the guys that have UConn in my final four. Um, in fact, I'm thinking about picking St. Mary's over them in the second round, but I like UConn in this one. They're just so big down low. Iona, their strength is their guards. They've got some size, no doubt, but I think UConn is able to bully the paint in this one and just dominate the, the rebounding margin. So generally I like the Huskies over Iona. Again, a must watch first round game. I love that these two teams are getting put against each other though. For sure. All right, next matchup, TCU going against the winner of the first four game between Arizona State and Nevada. What do you think of TCU? I'm very torn on them. I've watched them look really good at times this year. 
I could talk myself into them being a team that no one's really picking. Yeah. It can go on a run. I could also talk myself That's into me. them being an overrated team. I don't have a good feel for them. I've talked myself into them being a team that nobody's talking about and them going on a run. Jamie yeah. Dixon's been there and done it before. Kind of similar to Shaka Smart in that it's just been a while. And I think people forgot that he took a couple of good pit teams to the Elite Eight. He's been in the Sweet 16 multiple times. There were some pit disappointments, no question. Sure. Like he, yeah. he also underachieved at times. But to me, this is a TCU team that even with Eddie Lampkin, who is um, actually in the transfer portal now, who's been banged up there. They're one of their star sophomore big men. I still like their switchability defensively. They play a lot of very wing players from that 6'4 to 6'7 range. Um, a, a solid backcourt. They're pretty experienced. They haven't been playing great, but they did just lose to Texas, so not a bad loss in the Big 12 tournament. To me, I think it's a favorable first-round matchup against either Arizona State or Nevada. So I think that kind of helps them get off the ground. And then I think they're going to have a pretty decent matchup against Gonzaga as well. Another team that people are really high on. I like TCU yep. in this first round, and I kind of like them to then go on a bit of a run. Yeah, I, I could talk myself into that. I do like UCLA and Gonzaga a lot as well. So that's a tough region for me to pick, yeah. but we can keep going through it. So Gonzaga over Grand Canyon, I think is close to being safe. Gonzaga yeah. does have some some worries about um, about their guard play, about some Defense defensive isn't things. Defense is great, yeah. Enough, Drew, Drew Timmy's not losing this first round matchup. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think we can move them on. Northwestern Boise State. Boo Booey, I think, gets it done. I like Northwestern. They haven't been playing the best basketball. They've lost four of five, but I think Northwestern does get it done. I've already picked two Mountain West teams to win in the opening round. I'll go back to the Big Ten here. I think Northwestern, behind a big Boo Booey performance, wins round one. It is interesting to me that Northwestern has to go all the way out to Sacramento for this game. Boise State a little bit closer still. It's it's a flight, of course, and and not ideal. I'm not saying fans are going to be a factor, but there's a couple of those games. Another one is the uh, San Diego State-Charleston game. San Diego State is flying all the way out to Orlando. I, I don't know how much stock mm. you put into that type of stuff when you're picking your bracket. but It's a good some, point. Something maybe to consider a little bit. I, I'm with you, though. I think Northwestern is an underrated seven seed, honestly, and not being talked about an awful lot. I, this is going to be a fun game. I could see this being an overtime game. Northwestern just won a lot this year. They just won yeah. games all Big Ten season, which is kind of like they're not always the the sexiest team. They don't have – Boo Booey's a star, but they don't have these big-time names. I, I think Northwestern gets it done round one, and then another – UNC Asheville, 27 wins this year, but UCLA, even with no Jalen Clark, they're just too good, right? It, you have to imagine. I think they get this one done and and maybe survive a scare, but I like UCLA round one. Yeah, I like UCLA. I think I'm going to have them going pretty far. So I hope they get cool. past UNC Asheville in round one. But I, like I said, I could see a 215 happening again this year. We'll see. Yep. Hard to figure out which one of the four it could be, but I know. there are four very good 15 seats, which makes for, for intriguing first-round matchups. To the second round we go then. Who's going to go on to the Sweet 16? Let's go back up to the South, where I have Alabama-West Virginia. I think West Virginia could really make it tough on Alabama, the way they defend, but West Virginia could struggle to score against an underrated Crimson Tide defense. I'll move on the tide to, to the Sweet 16, and, and I think they get it done in, against West Virginia. Again, that game in Birmingham, yep. just tough for me to see Alabama losing at that point. 
But once they get to the Sweet 16, that's where I start maybe distrusting them a touch. Yeah, I hinted at it earlier. Right now I have Virginia winning that next game over San Diego State and Virginia beating Alabama and probably one of the bigger surprises in my bracket. I I just think Alabama, the storylines around them, the negative PR, I don't know. I just don't have a good feel and I don't really want to root for the program a ton. And I will get them past West Virginia, and I think you hit on a big point there. The fact that it is in Birmingham can't be overlooked. They're going to have a huge crowd there for that second-round game. They're too talented to lose that game, but I could see them kind of getting out of their rhythm against a Virginia team that slows you down a lot. So I'm going to pick Virginia in that game once we get there. I've got San Diego State Furman in Orlando. Again, San Diego State, like Tim just brought up a great point, having to travel all the way across the country but I'm I'm riding with the Aztecs. I like their defense. I think they keep the keep it rolling after getting tested against Charleston. They probably get tested again against Furman, but it's just so tough to score against the Aztecs. Furman will be playing their second straight really strong defensive opponent. Really, that's kind of the theme for this portion of the bracket. There are a lot of really good defenses. I'll take San Diego State. Then they play Bama in the Sweet 16. I'll probably take Bama over the Aztecs moving on to the Elite Eight. Which then brings us to a really fun portion of the bracket. This this For lower sure. portion of the South. We both have Creighton against Baylor in Denver, right? I think that's where we both landed. Yep, for sure. Yep. Tough. Tough, it's man. It's tough, yeah. <laughs> I don't I, know. I think I'm going to go Baylor. I I don't know. I, I don't love it. I, I think they're both kind of three seeds, honestly. and But I think Baylor just has a little bit more proven success in March and – I'm getting a three seed that not a lot of people are going to be picking to make the Sweet 16, maybe. And I think I'm just going to shove them past Creighton to the Sweet 16. I'll, I'll spoil oh. it a little bit. I, yeah, I like Arizona coming out of this region. So for me, the question is less about, you know, will one of these teams make a run? It's just sort of picking this individual game. And I could go either way, but I, I think I'm going to lean Baylor. I, I, I'm going back and forth. I, I, I've got Arizona coming out of this region too, Tim. So we mm -hmm. both are, are kind of on the same page there. I'm going Creighton here. You know what? I'm taking the Blue Jays. I think okay. this game is going to be all about offense. As much as I wanted Jonathan Chamochachua to turn around the Baylor defense and his ability to assist in the pick and roll, I just worry that Baylor are going to struggle at some point defensively against Ryan Kalkbrenner. Baylor Shireman is going to be able to stretch them out. Um, and they're going to, Baylor's going to have to defend for 40 minutes against Creighton. Um, and we've seen Creighton when they play high level opponents, they've been at their best. So I'll take the blue Jays, a six seed going on to the sweet 16. And like we just teased, we both like Arizona to, to win that second round matchup. And then we both like Arizona again, to go on to the elite eight. I can write that one in right now. To me, I would. Creighton, Arizona in the Sweet 16 would be awesome. Oh, that'd be great. Talk about yeah. a battle of big men. That would just be a battle of the paints with, with really confident, fun guards who can make shots. Um, the South region turns into a really fun region really quick. Um, we're both high on Arizona. Um, so you have Virginia and Arizona in your Elite Eight there. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And and that's a shocker probably to a lot of people. I I do really like Arizona. Um, we'll get into it more as, as we keep going here. But I think when I'm trying to pick a national title champion, when I'm trying to pick a team that's going to make my Final Four, a lot of it is based on how easy is your path. And I'm not saying they have an easy path in terms of the region, 
but I feel very confident they're at least getting to the Sweet 16 based on how consistently good they've been this year, based on Tommy Lloyd and just how much I like him. So I don't know. And and I got to say, it made me laugh when you're talking about Bailey Shireman beating Baylor. That What if he hits a buzzer beater against Baylor or something? That, that'd just be a, a, such a March storyline. But anyway, I, really I, would. I hope we get a Arizona Creighton game because that would be tremendous. Yep, I think that would be such a fun game. Um, I've got Arizona against Bama in that Elite Eight. Love Arizona for all the reasons that you said. Like it's They have such good upside, and they've also got a high floor to me. It's hard for me to imagine them losing bo- before the Sweet 16. Let's advance to the East because I think we both are going to have some different picks coming out of yeah. the East. We were, we were relatively on the same page there in the South. First up, we've got Purdue-Memphis. I've got Purdue moving on here. I, I think that a, a lot of people are going to like Memphis – I'll go back to Purdue, even though I could absolutely see Memphis and Penny Hardaway getting this win. I think Purdue and Zach Eady, some I, I just can't imagine Eady getting bounced before, honestly, really before the Elite Eight to me. We'll see. Yeah, I, they have a lot of boxes that I look for in an NCAA tournament team making it to the Final Four. They check a lot of those, Purdue does. I mentioned I like teams that are top 30 in Kempom and both. They're in that category. They're undervalued. Not a lot of people are going to be picking them. They're still a one seed. I'll just say it now. I have them going to my final four. I was torn on it. I, I didn't think I'd do that going into the fields and going into the tournament. But let's not forget, like, Purdue just won the Big Ten regular season, and then they just won the conference tournament. And I think it's just the Big Ten hate has gotten a little too far to the point that no one's going to be thinking about them. And this is probably the year for Matt Painter, I think. I love it. I think that's really smart. Um, so you've got them beating Duke over I Tennessee, do. I would imagine. So yeah. tell me about Duke, Tennessee. That's it's almost too easy for a five over a four, right? Almost yeah. too simple. Yeah, I, I never really considered Tennessee. Just the track record there in March sort of speaks for itself with Rick Barnes. I I also am thinking you know, a lot of people are going to have Duke making it to the final four something that if I don't have Duke, at least in the sweet 16 and they don't make it there, then I'm probably going to be losing some points to the field in the bracket mm-hmm. pool. And that shouldn't be totally how you're thinking, but I, I was so high on Duke going into the ACC tournament that I can't live with myself. If I, you know, have them losing too early, just based on how trendy they've gotten. Oh, this pick has actually become a lot tougher for me. My gut says, Oh, just go with Duke. But then again, I, I quickly am looking at Tennessee, and I know Zakai Ziegler is a big injury. Yeah, they're still fifth in Ken Palm, and they're still an outstanding defensive team. So I don't. And no just one's going to have them. You know, I exactly. mean, who's going to have Tennessee in this? It's crazy to think, but just no one is going to have them as a four seed making the Sweet Sixteen. I'm taking Duke, but okay, it would not surprise me to see Tennessee go on a run that nobody expects. Um, once they win a game or two, get settled without Ziegler. I'm taking Duke, but. It's closer than I want it to be in that in that second round, which brings us to Kentucky, Kansas State. We both picked Kentucky and Kansas State in that first round. I've got K-State beating Kentucky. I think it ends for Coach Cal right here. Again, a team that I think a lot of people are going to be on board with in Kentucky. I'll go back to the Big 12. When in doubt, give me a team from the best conference in the country who have been playing in these games for a couple of months now. Um, Keontae Johnson is just too much for anybody to me on Kentucky to handle. Um, I'll take K-State. I don't want to say comfortably, but I feel pretty confident that they are a Sweet 16 team. Yeah, it's funny because at the start of the year, if you would have told me Kentucky, Kansas State in the second round, I would have guessed it's like 
Kentucky, the three seed, Kansas State, the 11, or it's, but it's obviously yeah. reversed. Kansas State being the three, they've overachieved so much to this point. I'm sticking with my theory that I think Cal either loses in the first round or goes on a run, and I'm just going to lean into the run at this point and take them over Kansas State, but there's a lot to like in Kansas State, so I don't fault you there. And Jerome Tang was a big part of that Baylor national title run, now the Kansas State head coach. He hasn't done it as a head coach before in March, but he's done it for sure as an assistant, been a part of these title runs. Give me K-State. And then I've got Michigan State Marquette in Columbus. What a great game that's going to be between two teams from Michigan, two programs that there's not necessarily a lot of hate there, but two fan bases that are going to pack that arena in Columbus if that is the matchup. I've already said it. I like Marquette out of the East if they get by my catamounts. I think Tyler Kolick is the best player in this game, as great as Tyson Walker has been for Michigan State and as great as Izzo is. It's two coaches that have had lots of March success I'll take Marquette to move on there because I think Michigan State will struggle taking care of the ball at times, even though they shoot it at a high rate. There have been games where they've struggled with turnovers this season. So I'll take Marquette to win and go on to the Sweet 16 and match up with the K-State team. So I've got Michigan State, and this is just my chaos region. I've got Kentucky the 6 going against Michigan State the 7 in the Sweet 16. I think we're just due for an Izzo run. We're due for a Calipari run. Kind of like last year, how we got to the Final Four and we looked around and it was a lot of great blue blood programs and coaches. I think we're going to see one of those two go on a run and I couldn't really decide, so I just put them both through, through honestly. I, <laughs> I took them both out. I said, you know what? Everyone <laughs> likes these two teams. I like Marquette and Kansas State a lot. Two teams that are certainly not blue bloods, but have this year been much better than both Kentucky and Michigan State. So I'll ride with the overall strength of their seasons and, and go with... The two and the three teams, it's a bit chalky for me. I've got one, two, three, and five in an East region that on the bracket show, I I was ready to call this the chaos region as well. Yeah. And here I am kind of going chalky, but I don't know. That's just how it shook out for me. And I'm, I'm willing to be okay with that core in my sweet 16. Do you want to... Finish up picking the East or move on to the Midwest? Yeah, I mean, we can finish it up while it's top of mind. I, I think I've hinted at it. I've got Purdue coming out of the region for all the reasons I laid out before. And I'm going to have them taking down Kentucky, which is a game that will take place at MSG to end that region. I think Marquette gets it done first against Kansas State because they are a team that are able to to match up with the athleticism and the, the switchability of Kansas State. Um, and their ability to score and pick and roll offense is always big, especially against the Kansas State team that um, have great defensive abilities. And Marquette likes to play pretty quick on offense, so I like them in transition. And then against Purdue, I, I'll just take the, the Marquette guards. Tyler Kolick, I think eventually the Zach Eady magic runs out. Eventually, I think you're going to have Kolick um, have, a, have a 30-ish point game. He's also such a great passer. And We've barely talked about Cam Jones, their leading scorer, who just has a flamethrower from beyond the arc. Just so many good role players as well for a, for a Marquette team that force a lot of turnovers. It's going to be tough for me to see the, the, the young backcourt of Purdue against the veteran and chaotic defense of Marquette. I think that the backcourt and the young freshmen eventually struggle for Purdue just too much for Edie to overcome. Um, I like Marquette to go to the final four. So I've got two two seeds actually in my final four on the left-hand side of the bracket, Arizona and Marquette are my picks so far to get out of the South and the East region. Um, And you've got Arizona and Purdue. So not necessarily pure chalk, but we both like some favorites so far. 
Yeah, and I think not a lot of people are going to have Purdue as a one seed. They're probably going to be the least picked one seed to make the Final Four. So I'll lean into that a little bit and go for them. I've got both one seeds making the Elite Eight out of those two regions. I think, honestly, Bama is starting to get not not quite as talked about as much as everybody should for a number one overall team. But we'll we'll maybe cover that on a different day when they are sitting in the Final Four. to the Midwest, then, which we can we can start here, I think. Houston and Iowa, for me, you've got Houston-Auburn. I think it's a relatively easy path here for Houston on to the second weekend, right? I, I Even though it is in Birmingham, if they're taking on an, on an Auburn team and virtually a home site, that could be tough for Houston. But I think they will generally be able to handle these two teams. They're just too good to me to, to really get upset that early. I'm not in love with Houston overall, but to me, I I think they are generally able to handle those two. Houston has made me a lot of money in these brackets. I've always been a backer of theirs when they've been undervalued. So I'm going to stick with them and and push them forward here to the Sweet 16. Miami, Indiana is a fascinating one. Miami doesn't exactly have great forward play. Indiana doesn't exactly have great guard play. Yeah, It's going to be strength against weakness, both sides here, which I think is just so compelling i'm gonna go with indiana because of trace jackson davis i think again he just wills his team forward um but i am not confident at all in that pick zero confidence in choosing indiana here you could easily convince me that miami is the team because of their recent tournament tournament success veteran guard play and all the reasons that i'm sure you're about to tell me yeah, I, I think I'm going to go Indiana with, with you as well, actually. I was pretty torn on this one. I don't have either of them winning the next game against Houston, in my opinion, but no Omir, who is the center for Miami. I don't know if you play in this hypothetical game, but if you don't have him, Trace Jackson Davis could probably go to work. Miami's just not really a good defensive team. That's the only hang up with me for them. Next up, I've got Pitt against Xavier. And this is where chaos will start to reign for me. Give me the Pitt Panthers. Give me the ACC. Move it on to the second weekend in the Sweet 16. I, I've said it. I really like this Pitt offense. They have a great style of offense. And uh, they're, one of their assistant coaches, Kyle Saplicki, is somebody that I know from his time as an assistant coach at Vermont. He was on that Vermont team that actually upset Syracuse in that 2005 year. I like Pitt over Xavier. Xavier's really physical, but... Something about this Pitt Panther team I've liked for a while. I think they are starting to figure it out. I'll take them to go on to the second weekend. Yeah, I'm going to cheat a little bit here and wait to see who wins that game and how they play. But I am leaning with you that I might take them over Xavier. In my current bracket, I have Xavier, and I think you can make a case they're a little undervalued. But I I do usually like to have a first four team going on a run, and I'm leaning towards that being that team that goes on a run. All right, I've got Penn State and Texas. This one is fascinating to me. The Nittany Lions are playing such great basketball. And in my rough drafts, Tim, I've got Penn State beating Texas. And I want to say it right here, right now, that they can get it done because they are playing so well. Micah Shrewsbury in quick turnaround games, Tim, has been unbelievable in his time at Penn State. And this is a quick turnaround. Anytime you only have one day to prepare – I really like Shrewsbury and his staff and their ability to put a game plan together against the Texas team that are long, they're athletic, they defend really well, but I love Jalen Pickett and I love the guys around him that make many shots. I think I might pick the Nittany Lions over Texas and have a Pitt-Penn State Sweet 16 matchup, which would just blow up the state of Pennsylvania. 
you should go for it, man. I will say if they do that, I don't know if they're keeping Micah Shrewsbury as your head coach no. there in Nittany Lion land, which, you know, it might be a, a sort of a loss in the win after a big win for you guys. But, but if we're going to, he might go anyways. He might he go might, to Georgetown yeah. regardless. So like, give me a sweet 16 run and you know what? It'll be okay. He, he'll, he'll probably end up at either Notre Dame or Georgetown. That at least sounds like the directions, but. I'm doing it. I'll take Penn State. I think they pull off the upset and make a ton of threes. Seth Lundy and Andrew Funk, Miles Dredd, future future March Madness darlings. I think they get it done over the horns. All right, I'm going to go Texas here. I really like this Texas team. I hate the draw they have. I was going to yeah. put them into my Final Four going into it, I think, but either they play Texas A&M, if they play Penn State, whoever wins that first game is going to be coming in very confident. I could see them losing in the second round. They don't have a true head coach, I guess you could argue right now. Rodney Terry's filling in. He's done a great job. I really like Texas, but I hate the draw they have. But I still will take them to get to the Sweet 16. So we both have Houston in the Elite Eight. Who do you like then going to the Sweet 16 here? Uh, just very briefly, but I have Pitt and Penn State. I'm not picking the Panthers over my Nittany line. Right, you're I've going total State. chaos. I love it. I, I kind of yeah. have to. It's It's the... It's the play-in 11 team against my own team as a 10 seed. So I've got the Nittany Lions against Houston somehow making the Elite Eight. I don't really know how I got here, but I've arrived at this spot in my bracket, and I don't I don't really get it, but here I am. I, I love it. There's going to be, you know, plenty of those games, and I, I think you have a decent shot of hitting there for, you know, how unlikely it is at the start. I'm going to go Texas-Houston in the Elite Eight, which would be quite the battle that would take place in Kansas City between a couple teams not that far away from there. I I just, I just think I'm going to push forward Houston here. They're not being talked about a ton because of the Sasser injury, and I usually ride with them. And again, I just like their draw on the top side of the bracket a lot more than I like Texas's draw in the first couple rounds in the bottom side. Penn State's run ends in the Elite Eight. Houston to the Final Four for me as well. All right, so we both got Houston coming out of that region, right? Now we we move on to the West region here, and Kansas and Arkansas, I think we both agree it's going to be that first matchup there. Pretty torn on this one. You hinted at it earlier. I think there are going to be some people in your bracket pool that are taking Arkansas there, or maybe even Illinois because of the Bill Self situation, and you could talk yourself in maybe to a Kansas championship hangover, but I'm probably going to have Kansas getting past this one. I've got Kansas winning this one too. And I, I, Arkansas is talented. I love Musselman, but at a certain point, Kansas have just been clearly the better team all year. And so when I'm picking these brackets, I try, I try not to forget that. And so I, I like Kansas. I don't want to say comfortably, but I'm confident in that pick. We'll see Arkansas are the ones who upset Gonzaga last year. And so maybe they're able to upset one of the national title favorites again this year, but I like the Jayhawks. Hopefully Bill Self is back on the sideline and, able to lead them on to the Sweet 16. I am going to go St. Mary's to make the Sweet 16, and I already have UConn out of the bracket. I'm totally zagging on them when everyone else seems to be in on UConn, and I, I just think St. Mary's is a five. No one's going to pick. UConn is a four that everyone is going to pick to kind of get to the Sweet 16, it seems like, so I'm going to try and play against the public there and take St. Mary's. I've got St. Mary's, too. I think once they get by VCU, kind of end some of their <laughs> – uh, answer some of, the, some of the demons they've been going through with the press. They beat, beat If they beat VCU, their guards are better than UConn's guards, but they've also got enough bigs and size to handle UConn's post-presence. So I think it's St. Mary's as well to the Sweet 16. You and I both have Kansas and St. Mary's. 
which then brings us to the bottom half of the bracket. I've got TCU Gonzaga, and I like TCU over the Zags. I think that the sixth seed out of the Big 12, TCU gets it done. And uh, that's kind of one of my bigger upsets there in this in this West region. Again, to me, it comes down to Gonzaga's defense suspect. I think that will help TCU in offense that at times has trouble scoring the ball. And then I like TCU defensively against Gonzaga. I think they'll be have enough to take Drew Timmy or at least limit Drew Timmy. Now, TCU, again, no Lampkin in this tournament is he is injured and put his name in the transfer portal. But I do think they've got just enough ability to defend and um, are a well-coached enough team that have played a lot of games together. I like them against the Zags. Again, the Gonzaga guard play and defense are just too suspect for me to have them going on a deep run. And a lot of people have the Zags now going on a deep run. They're becoming a trendy pick. So I'm trying to just go a little bit different there. I'll take TCU. Yeah, Gonzaga falls in the Duke bucket for me where I like them. I see why people have them trending, even even UConn to that extent. But I just think UCLA is such a strong two that I'm not overly confident putting Gonzaga past the Sweet 16. I am probably going to take them over TCU here and have them in my Sweet 16. But I don't know. I, I, I can't get all the way there with them this year as much as maybe I thought. I mean, after they just blew out St. Mary's in the West coast conference tournament final. I was really high on them and I thought they were a true national title contender and kind of under the radar compared to the other Gonzaga teams in a good way. This Gonzaga team is now almost too trendy for me to pick them. So, and, and it's just UCLA in that bottom half of the region. I like UCLA too much. I kind of have to move them to my elite eight. Okay, I've got Northwestern UCLA, and Tim, I am very close to picking Northwestern. Wow, the the that's the a good absence, one that no one's going to pick. I think that the, that could happen. And the absence of Jalen Clark scares me in this game. The the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. Um, you don't have him to guard Boo Booey, which means that's going to be probably on Ty- Tiger Campbell to pick up one of the best scores in the Big Ten. And Northwestern are just such a balanced team kind of similar to UCLA. And again, I just come down to the fact that Northwestern has so many impressive wins this season, and they're not going to be a team that are favored in this game at all. UCLA are in many ways, just the better team in this matchup. But I think that Northwestern, something about their team this season, have me kind of believing in their ability to go on a special run. I love Chris Collins, such a smart coach. And even though Northwestern have not played well down the stretch, I talked about it in that first round matchup with Boise State. They've lost four of five games. They lost in that first round in the Big Ten tournament. It was an overtime loss to a Penn State team that are playing really well. I like Northwestern to beat UCLA. Yeah, I guess I just said that. I think I'm picking Northwestern. I talked myself into it. I'll take Northwestern there, and I have no clue what I'm going to do between them and TCU now in that Sweet 16. I I say I love it. Obviously, I just spoke very highly about UCLA. I think there's so many names there that have gotten it done in March. Tiger Campbell, Jaime Jaquez, Mick Cronin at UCLA. They're such a balanced team, and the injury does scare me, but it almost makes them maybe not going to be quite as trendy as they were before, sort of like Houston and Marcus Sasser's injury. I I love the way you're thinking, though, because that is normally the the type of stuff I'm trying to identify, the, the fading the public type of Sweet 16 upset that no one is seeing coming. And there's always one or two of those. And I think Northwestern would be such a shocker that if it worked for you, you'd probably be the only person in your bracket pool that would have it, which would be great. 
And I know I shouldn't approach things like this, but I'm looking at my elite eight right now, Tim, before I got to this West region and in the South, I had the one and two in the East. I had the one and two. No, I know I went kind of off the walls in the Midwest and I went the one seed and the 10 seed in Penn state, but that was a lot of ones and twos for me. I just think at some point the, you're going to see a few more upsets because I do like Kansas to get to this elite eight. I like all four one seeds to at least make this elite eight round. And I'll, I'll spoil it right now. I've got Kansas coming out of the West and making it a Kansas-Houston Final Four matchup. And so I've already got some chalky plays. I've got all ones and twos in my Final Four. Spicing it up a little bit, I think if you can pick your spots for it, I like trying to find those spots. And to me, a Northwestern team, I'm willing to, to go with a, a group that have won big games all season. And so I'm willing to, to take a risk on a coach I really like, a team with a star player who's a veteran guard, so Northwestern over UCLA, and I'll take Northwestern over TC. No, I'll go. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm going TCU. TCU, Kansas, a Big 12 matchup in the Elite Eight of the West. I think that that is, um, would be a really fun matchup to have two Big 12 teams meet in the Elite Eight. I do think Kansas gets it done. I think TCU over Northwestern just because Northwestern will be riding high from the big UCLA upset to have to turn around and play then later in that weekend in the Elite Eight. That magic eventually runs short. I'll take TCU to go on to the Elite Eight for me. So you got an all Big 12 Elite Eight matchup there, Kansas TCU. I do. I'm Those are take the only Kansas. two. Uh, sorry. Ahead, yeah. yeah, I, I was going to say, I'm going to take Kansas over St. Mary's. And I was pretty torn, actually. I, I debated St. Mary's and just going all in on them being a team that probably no one is going to have going that far, yeah. and the metrics like them. There's just a little sour taste in my mouth from watching them against Gonzaga in the last game. I couldn't quite get all the way there. They're a little too offensively challenged for me, and Kansas is just a very steady, reliable team in March, typically, so I, I have a little bit more confidence in them making the Elite Eight than St. Mary's, so I'm going to go with the one and the two seed going shot, Kansas, UCLA. And then I'm actually going to take UCLA to make the final four. All right. So let's read off our final fours. Then I've got out of the South Arizona, out of the East Marquette, the two seed out of the Midwest, Houston, the one seed and out of the West, I have the one seed in Kansas. So two twos and two ones for me. So I've got two twos and two ones as well. I'm going Arizona, which we agree on in the upper left coming out. I have Purdue as the undervalued one seed playing them in the final four. Then I've got Houston against UCLA, which would be a one versus a two in Houston, Texas. So if you buy into the storyline of it's been destiny all year and Houston's been up there all year and, you know, the final four is in Houston, Texas. You can get into the Jim Nance stuff as well. He's a Houston alum. It's his final, final four before he hands it off to Ian Eagle. I, I think it it probably does happen in some capacity. So I, I have Houston there. And I, from there, it's tough, man. But I, I don't know who you have in your national championship game. But I could go and talk myself into any of those four teams as my national champion. Yeah, I think I think Marquette's run does come up short eventually. Um, as great as their guards are, I, I would love to see Kirk Carissa win a final four game. Although Kirk Carissa and Tyler Kolick might talk the most smack. Oh, that'd to be so any, good. Gosh, what a matchup that, that would be, right? Like I, yeah. I, was, I was like, okay, when I actually, when I was picking the East elite eight matchup between Purdue and Marquette, I was like, do I want Ballo and Tubelis against Edie or do I want Kirk Carissa against Tyler Kolick? I ended up going with the good guard play matchup instead of the best big man matchup. 
I do then think Arizona's bigs are too much for Marquette, who are a slightly undersized team. They don't have some big guys down low. I think that Arizona, they, they would just dominate the glass in that game. So I've got Arizona going to the national championship game, beating Marquette in that side of the bracket. I have Arizona as well. And man, that would be amazing if it's Kirk Carissa against Tyler Kolick. Those are the two most Duke era 2006 players to be playing in college basketball right now. And in a, in a good way, even though yes, that, that comes across negative as well. They're just the dudes that are in your face, slapping the floor type of players. So I, I that would be amazing theater, but I, I like Arizona a lot and I have them moving on to the uh, national championship game. Houston, Kansas for me is almost impossible to pick. Um, I know it's in Houston. It's two great coaches. Kansas is obviously going to get a great crowd in Houston as well. Neither of these teams have massive big men, mostly built around balance, strong wing play, strong guard play. Um, Kansas, obviously the reigning national champs. Houston have probably been the, the team that have been closest to the the number one team in the country all season, or at least the most consistently near the top. Um, It depends a little bit for me if Marcus Sasser's 100% how he's playing. But man, it's hard for me to pick against Bill Self in Kansas right now. I think I'm going Kansas, Tim. I think I'm picking Kansas over Houston and moving the Jayhawks to take on Arizona in the national title game. I was starting to think that we were going to have the exact same national championship game, which would have been mind boggling to me after all these picks that we've kind of disagreed on. And getting to this point, I do have Houston winning this game. And the reason why I have Houston over UCLA in my bracket, I'm just a little bit more confident that Houston is going to be in the final four than I am that UCLA is going to be there. Two teams that I've liked all year that have some injury issues right now. And we've said that about a lot of teams. There are a lot of teams going in that have, that quote-unquote injury question mark. Sasser, it's a groin strain. The fact that he's going to play in the 16-seed game, it seems like, against Northern Kentucky. confident. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about it. We know in the UCLA case, Jalen Clark's out for the year, and that's a huge loss. It's a game, if Houston does make it, like you said, they'll be, in theory, if they are playing UCLA, they'll have a lot of the crowd support there. I I think I'm going to push Houston on just because I feel I feel very confident that they will be there at least in the elite eight at least in the final four and, and give me something to keep watching if I do that. Yeah, I would like Houston over UCLA as well in that matchup. So you've got Arizona Houston, I've got Arizona Kansas. Um, when I'm looking at an Arizona Kansas matchup, before I, I say who I've got winning, the thing that immediately stands out is Arizona's size. But Kansas's ability to guard on the perimeter, they could really take Carissa and Ramey out of this game with their defense. But if Tubelis and Balo are able to just dominate around the rim, then Kansas is going to have to score the ball. It, I'm not really sure how I would handicap that one as of right now. It would really depend on how they're both playing. And do I really pick a back-to-back national championship winner? That that then is my next question. Do I really feel confident in that I'm not so sure, but at the same time, I've been as high on Kansas as anybody. When we first started this show, our very first episode, I had Kansas as my top seed. I told you on our last selection show, uh, the last show we did, that I would have Kansas as a national title favorite. But I like Arizona a lot as well, so I'm struggling with this national title pick. I'm going to Arizona, so I don't know if that influences you or, or what, but I I just think Arizona's that team this year that I always try to identify that 
has a decently mm-hmm. easy path. It's not the easiest, and and you know you could talk yourself into Creighton and Baylor being a pretty tough draw on that side of the region, but I, I just think they have a decent path. They're really good. They have that young up and coming coach in Tommy Lloyd, who I just am so high on, and I think. Maybe it's not quite his time to to put an imprint on March Madness and everything like that, but it's going to happen at some point. So why not it be this year? And then you know, I it's just not going to be picked a ton. I mean, maybe in my bracket pool of thirty or thirty five people, there's two or three Arizonas, and I hope there's less than that. I hope I'm the only one. So because of that, I, I always try and find that type of team, and I think that's going to be Arizona this year. I totally see where you're coming from. And especially the the logic of not many other people are going to have Arizona, but they're still a likely enough team, probably one of the top five or six favorites going in right now, which is right around where you want to be. To me, the thing that worries me about picking Arizona, and like we talked about, if you are picking this for your bracket pool, I do worry about that Sweet 16 matchup with Creighton and Baylor a lot, because that could be a devastating early loss to the bracket. Whereas I just don't see Kansas losing to Arkansas, St. Mary's, or UConn early on. And then I like them against the entire bottom half of that bracket. I would take Kansas over Gonzaga, over UCLA. In my case, I actually have them over TCU. I think Kansas, of all the one seeds, I actually like their path to the final for the best. And so I'm going to take Kansas as my national champion. Um, For the second consecutive year, I I think that Jalen Wilson is the best wing in the country right there, probably with Marcus Sasser. Grady Dick is um, a star in the making, if not already a star. The big question for me in what would be an Arizona-Kansas matchup is can K.J. Adams do enough down low and do enough on the glass? He's just a six foot seven, 225 pound big man. He is bouncy as hell. Like he gets off the ground. K.J. Adams is a great leaper. But I would I would struggle to see him against Arizona's bigs really battling with those two guys. But I think Kansas is going to score the ball against Arizona. I think that they're going to get shots around the perimeter. And at some point, threes do beat twos. And so I've got Kansas as my national champion over Arizona. But I, I love the Wildcats pick. I, I'm not surprised that we both have them in the national title because we do think pretty similarly in some of these ways. And so I think Arizona going to the national title is is a pick that I think could help us both out a lot, frankly, or it could hurt us both a lot. And we both look like idiots, right? But that's part yeah. of this whole thing. And I got to be honest, maybe I shouldn't be factoring this in too much, but the Bill Self thing just sort of rubs me the wrong way. I, I hope, yeah. of course, that he's healthy. I just don't yeah. have a great feel for what that is going to do for Kansas. Is it going to motivate them? Is it going to make it sort of awkward practice, game plan, stuff like that? So that's scaring me a little bit. And, you know, to go back to back, I think would be pretty surprising in a way. But I don't know. I, I'm I'm close to picking Houston as my national champion. I like the Kansas pick, though. And I think maybe the Bill Self thing will stray a couple people away from picking Kansas that we're going to pick Kansas going in. So that was kind of my thought. Be, I was... Yeah, I was going to say that there's not going to be a ton of people in your bracket pools picking Kansas. Maybe. They're not going to be that team that everybody picks. They just lost in the Big 12 title and uh, in, in the Big 12 tournament. And so they're not that team that are so super hot. And this is a region that a lot of people have UConn and Gonzaga coming out of. Those are the trendy teams in that region for Kansas. And so that's why I was feeling like they are not, 
but maybe again, we're doubting Alabama too much, but I was about to say they're not Alabama who everybody's going to pick. Yeah. I don't know if everyone's going to pick Alabama. I think generally Houston might be the team that a lot of people end up choosing, but this year has been so wide open. I'm not sure if there is a consensus national title favorite this year, which makes it so fascinating to try to pick a little bit against the public. Yeah, I would say Alabama will get the most picks in your pool to the top overall seed. So that that's kind of an easy one. And then it'll probably be Houston and Kansas second most picked in your pool. And then it gets into maybe Arizona, UCLA, that type of category. And and honestly, I think depending on where you are in the country, like for me, it's a lot. I grew up in North Carolina. A lot of my high school friends are in the pool from North Carolina. There's probably going to be a fair amount of people picking Duke to win it all, which is maybe not going to be the case everywhere. But I could see some Duke in, in most office bracket pools for sure. I'm going to see a lot of 15 seed Vermont as national titles right around where I am. I, I just know they're going to be too many Catamount fans who just throw the cats right in the final four. Uh, why not? Just give me a win. Just give me one win against Marquette. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Tear my bracket up, Vermont. I have Marquette going to the final four. Make me wrong. Tear my bracket to shreds. I would love nothing more. Yeah. Again, that's the way you got to do it. You either got to pick them or have Marquette like winning the whole freaking thing. So I think you, you did close enough by putting Marquette in your final four. I like the strategy. And I was able to get one of my teams to the elite eight in Penn yeah. state. I talked myself into the Nittany lions path to, to a second weekend and maybe a Cinderella run for Micah Shrewsbury before he takes probably more money. And what many people think is a high profile job in Georgetown or Notre Dame, but I can dream that Micah Shrewsbury goes to the Elite Eight and then hangs around and somehow turns the Nittany Lions into a power, but I don't know. We'll see. This is this is the best time of year because it's the unknown week, and you don't know what's going down. We've got first four games getting set. I'm getting ready to travel out to Columbus, Ohio over the next couple of days. Tim, this has been fun. It felt great to actually talk through a lot of my picks other than just thinking through it. I'm, I'm glad we were able to go through this bracket together and make our choices. Absolutely, man. I just can't wait at this point now for the games to get going. I'm sure I'm like everyone in America. The first four games are going to be fun and we will reconvene. I'm sure after some maybe Thursday action, maybe Friday action, we'll see what works for our schedules and how crazy the first round of the tournament is, but we'll be talking soon and we'll be talking all throughout the NCAA tournament. Certainly going to be talking multiple times throughout the NCAA tournament. If you're listening to this, if you might be watching this, don't forget to throw us a review, throw us a five-star rating, hopefully on Apple Podcasts. We hear that helps things out. So make sure you give us some love. We appreciate you all for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. As we'll be deep in the tournament the next time we talk. Multiple chats coming up for you throughout this first round and second round of the NCAA tournament. For I'm Brian McLaughlin. We'll talk to you next time. Before. Just College Hoops Show.